if you would please open your Bibles to Amos chapter 5. The Amos chapter 5. I would say short and sweet, but from the scripture reading we just, we just read, it might be a little more like short and bitter. But that's okay. From the, you know, we're always sharpened and improved if we open our hearts up to what the scripture has to say for our lives. So throughout history, we find that mankind puts their own emphasis on what God, on, on God's commands. We might emphasize one over the other. We might elevate one command over another or multiple over others. We, make, we might make some maybe more important than others. We might disregard some and not obey them. And we might elevate some and obey those. And throughout history, mankind, this isn't just a current generation issue. This is a mankind issue. And from some, from some of the scriptures we're going to read, we're going to see that Old Testament, New Testament, doesn't matter. Mankind falls to it or falls prey to it. So I guess I'll cut to the chase. And really, I just... It, the way I'm going to start the le- this lesson out is basically, if we, think we're, if we think we're right with God, because we do everything right when we're at the building, then we've fooled ourselves. Somehow we've gotten to this place where we think that having things right in the building is, is only what gets us to heaven and what really pleases God. We place little emphasis on what goes on in our daily lives. And this is not just us. Once again, this is a mankind issue. And I'm not saying this at this congregation in particular. I just know that mankind struggles with this. And occasionally we have struggled with this, right? I have struggled with this. I know at times this congregation has struggled with it. So I hope with this lesson today that we, we become sharpened as, other, as, as well as other people who are watching this uh, via social media or listening, listening to it in one uh, way, shape, or form. So I hope that we're sharpened and we change by this today. So, but what we're gonna what we're gonna find by reading these scriptures today is is that God essentially wants us to obey it all. It's not. It's a, a person impressed on me a long time ago because we mankind gets in this. We want to. It's either or, right? When it comes to God's commandments, it's either this or that. Well, essentially today, what we're gonna look, what we're gonna see in the scripture is that He requires us to do them both, and to do it all. And that's His requirement of us. So today, let's look at some examples of where God's people had fallen short by disregarding him in their, in their lives, what they did outside their worship. But they would still do everything right in worship. And we're going to see that God, again, requires both. So we're going to bounce around in Amos chapter 5. It's going to be a touch backwards, but there's a reason for that. Um, I don't often make sense. I'll be up front with that. So let's start at Amos chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 21. God here is basically talking to the children of Israel and how they've turned away from him. And he says, I hate and I despise your feast days, in verse 21, and I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. That's pretty harsh. 
These things are, are essentially worship to God in the Old Testament. And he's saying, I don't want to hear them. He's disregarding, he's disregarding their worship. Next verse, why is that? He says, but let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. What's he saying? In order to get some of the context of what he's saying, because that's pretty harsh, that's pretty bold. Don't Almost saying, I, I don't want to hear your worship. Let's look at verse, let's go back further in the chapter of Amos chapter 5. Let's go to verse 4. For thus says the Lord God, I'm sorry, for thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, seek me and live. But do not seek Bethel, nor enter Gilgal, nor pass over to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Verse 6, seek the Lord and live. Lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it, with, with no one to quench it in Bethel. You who Now pay attention to this, verse 7, he says, You who turn justice to wormwood and lay righteousness to rest in the earth. Basically, you've made these things like dirt. You've cast these things aside to where they're of no value anymore. You've disregarded these. They're not valuable anymore. We threw them to the side. Now go down to verse 10. They hate, remember speaking of the children of Israel here. They hate the one who rebukes in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks uprightly. Therefore, because, in verse 11, therefore, because you tread down the poor and take grain taxes from him, though you have built houses of hewn stone, yet you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine from them. Verse 12, for I know your manifold transgressions, another uh, another uh, way to say sin, and your mighty sins, afflicting the just and taking bribes, diverting the poor from justice at the gate. Notice what they were doing in their lives here. They didn't want to hear rebuke. They didn't want to hear correction. They didn't even want to hear good words. They didn't want to hear upright speech. That's how far they've, they've gone from God. They didn't want to hear these things. And they're oppressing the poor. They're, taking, they're afflicting the just and taking bribes. There's no justice. There's no justice in the system, in, the, in these people. And then diverting the poor from justice at the gate. There's oppression of the poor here. And because of these things, the way they're not living their lives, he's disregarding their worship. Verse 18. Woe to you. Because Now think about this before we read this. These people, are, they think they're doing the right thing. They think they're righteous. And here's God's response to them. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. So to them, they're, looking, they're supposedly looking forward to the day of the Lord as God's judgment and they're going to be okay. But here's God's response to them. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. For what good is the day of the Lord to you? It'll be darkness and not light. And it's funny how he responds to him in verse 19. He says, it will be as though a man fled from a lion and a bear met him. So wherever you go, you think you're going to get away from, from difficulty? You're going to run from a lion. You're going to hit a bear. So we've seen this in the past around us. 
where because of people, people's lives, they disregard what they do during the day. They disregard what they do in their lives, but for some odd reason, because they show up to a certain building with a certain name, that's all they have to do. That's the essence of Christianity. That's the life they have to live, and that's pleasing before God. And we're seeing, and we're going to see a New Testament example of this in a little bit. This is obviously an Old Testament example. We're going to see that God is not pleased with that. And if we think that because we've got everything right in the building, if we think that's it and that's all we got to do, we're wrong. And just like the woe that he gave to the children of Israel in verse 18 here, we should not be looking forward to the day of judgment because we're going to be sorely disappointed and scared and surprised. There's been some times where we live a fake life in front of people. You know, I've done it. I've done it here. I've looked right in the building, done right in the building, and I've been that person. And didn't have, it wasn't living the life that would be pleasing to God outside the building. I've done that. We've seen that in here over the years, over the decades. And that's not pleasing before God. And the scripture proves that here. What's going on in our minds? What's going on in our hearts? What are we thinking? Who are we when we're at school? Who are we when we're at work? Who are we on social media? Who are we when we're in private? When God can see and hear. Who, we, who are we in here where only God can see and hear? Who are we? Are we someone who's pleasing to him? And only you can answer that. I can't answer that for you. And we need to come up with the answer and, and get that right with God before, before it's too late. Because as, as uh, Quentin read in, the, in, uh, in First Peter earlier, it's time for judgment to begin. At the, the judgment begins here. I know we're always looking outside at everybody else, but that starts here with us. God's response to his people in, in Amos before we move on. Basically that he wants justice and righteousness in their lives. That's, what's, that's what will be pleasing to God. Now, he didn't say either or, because the worship that they were providing was what he had commanded. Okay? God wants both. In fact, Jesus will say that in, in uh, Matthew 23, where we're going to go to. So let's go there. Matthew 23. Matthew 23. We're going to start at verse 13. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees here. Verse 13, he says, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Essentially, they were, he was calling them actors. Because they were fake, right? For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you devour, you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense, make long prayers. Therefore, you will, you will receive greater condemnation. Just pause for a second. Just think, just think about that. These were the supposed religious leaders of the day. The supposed religious leaders of the day. And think about this. Before we go and, and take, take a widow's house, we say a prayer. A long one. Think about that. Think about that. And Jesus is calling him out for it. Verse 15. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. Basically, they'll go a far distance to try and convert somebody. 
And when he is one, you make, his, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, it is, he is obliged to perform it. You fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that's on it, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and all the things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. Now, I want you to listen to verse 23. Because it sounds like they're getting everything right when it comes to, to worshiping God. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay, listen to this, for you pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, and mercy, and faith. Now listen to this. I want you to really pay attention to what he's saying here. Because it sounds like they're, they're doing some things right. But at the same time, they, they're neglecting, as he said, weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. And listen to what he says. He says, these you ought to have done, justice, mercy, and faith. Essentially, the way we live our lives, right? These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus is saying, we need to be doing it all. It doesn't, it doesn't start and end at Bible study and worship. This is important. There's no question. And we're commanded to be here for, for a multitude of reasons. Hebrews, basically, Hebrews 10, 25, and 26 were basically not to abandon worship with each other because this is also meant to stir up love and good works. So we're commanded to be here. And this is a this is a essentially filling up of our gas tank, you know, so we can go out and be, you know, and shine the light in the world. You know, one of the reasons that we get together is many reasons why we get together. We're supposed to be here, but it's not the only thing. We need to be living a righteous life out in the world. Verse 25, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He keeps on calling them, like woeing them and warning them. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you, you're actors, you're acting. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Then the next verse with it as well, where he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly but inside they're full of dead man's bones and uncleanliness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. These are the religious leaders of the day. These are the people that were supposed to be the front runners of godliness out there. And he's calling them out as, as their actors. And that they may have looked good on the outside, but inside he was saying, like, like the tomb, they're full of dead man's bones, even though the tomb looks great on the outside. And that they're like the cup and the dish that looks good, that looks great on the outside, but inside it's dirty, it's nasty. 
What are we doing? What's going on inside of here? And remember, this lesson is for me as, 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 as much as it is for you and anybody watching this online or anybody listening to this. What's going on inside of you? Yes, there's a, you know, yes, there is a calling out of the world, but yes, there's also, like 1 Peter 4, 17, time, you know, it's time for the judgment to begin at the household of God. Like, what's going on? You know, and as a side note, don't hide it from God. You can't. I can't. You know, if you have something to, you got to bring before him, he knows anyways. By you telling him, or starting out by confessing things to God, and I, I don't want to get too far deep in the weeds on this, but by you confessing something to God that he already knows in the first place, man, that's, that's for you to get the ball rolling so that you can get your life right with God. I'd encourage you to do that. Deepest, darkest secret, whatever. Skeleton in the closet, something you got to bring before God. He knows anyways. You might as well tell him. And let that lead you to repentance and back to him. So, essentially, that's what, this is what God is requiring of us. That this isn't the end of our Christianity right here in the building. That we would be that outside. That people could tell we're a Christian by the way we live our lives, by the way we talk, by the way we treat people, by the way we conduct ourselves. You know, and if, if you ever want just a, a couple of different books, I could just say, hey, go read the whole Bible, but I know that's a lot. But if you wanted a couple of books, just like, man, I, what's the first thing to help me get my life right? I can't help but think of like Colossians chapter 3. It goes through a myriad of sins to get yourself away from and things to go to. You know, sins that don't, you know, don't be a liar. Don't be an adulterer. Don't let your life be filled with anger, you know, and set your minds on things above and to be thankful and appreciative and to love, you know, husbands and wives love each other. Even the way you conduct yourself at work, that you're obedient and respectful. You know, Colossians chapter three is a fantastic one um, for helping get on track. You know, I can't help but think of also the, the fruits of the spirit, Galatians chapter five. You know, we, we think of the song, right? It's kind of like ABCs. You know, love, joy, peace, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, are we living out our lives in those ways? Those are fruits of the Spirit. Those are th the ways that God wants us to conduct ourselves and act. Am I living amongst those things? So, I just want to read the scripture in its entirety one more time before we close. 1 Peter 4, 17 and 18. This is for us. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? If the righteous, now if the righteous is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? We've got to repent and change. We've got to do something different. We've got to do what God wants us to do. You know, and this is the, this is the time, uh, this, this can be the time, whether you do it here, whether you do it at home, this is the time to make that change Inside, this is the time to make that decision um, to do something different, to live like he wants you to live, to think the way he, think, he wants you to think. So today, um, as we offer an invitation, I just want to open that up to anybody who, you know, whether you're going to sit out there and, and make that change in your own mind, or if you want to make it public uh, before the congregation, you can do that today. Or to someone who hasn't obeyed the gospel yet, 
You know, I, first we have to present the gospel to you so you can hear it. Because I don't want you to leave the building without hearing the gospel of Christ and then how to respond to it and have, have your sins forgiven so that you could walk out of here and know that uh, if you were to pass on from this life, you'd be, you'd be um, going to the judgment and then on to heaven, that you wouldn't have to face hell when you leave here. So let's start with the gospel, that Jesus, was born, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, and sacrificed his body on the cross for our sins. God, God requires that Hebrews eleven six and John three sixteen that you believe in him and have faith in that and believe that, and you'll have eternal life. And he asks, along with that, that you repent from your sins, Luke eleven three, And that's not just a, hey, hey, I'm sorry. That's a, I'm changing my ways. I'm choosing to follow God's ways instead of my own. You have to repent from that. <clears throat> then you have to confess Christ before men, Romans 10, 9 and 10. The fact that you would admit before mankind that Jesus Christ is my Savior and that you wouldn't hide that, that's confession. Then finally, that you'd be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins by being immersed in water. And then in Acts 2.38, those are the things that you'd have to do to have your sins forgiven and to get right with God. And today, we can help you and we can assist you with that. Or if you need help uh, with any change in your life, we're here ready to assist you as we stand and sing a song of invitation.